0: Welcome to Bills by the Numbers, presented by FanDuel, where we let the figures tell us why the Bills are a contender. Coming up, just how important are the middle eight minutes of a football game? We see how Josh Allen ranks with a new metric that measures how much a quarterback helps his team win. And Steve is quizzed on the best fourth-down teams in football, and FanDuel helps us with their free-to-play, high-low weekly picks. Let's get to it! to have you with us here on Bills by the Numbers, presented by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Steve, if you were watching the Manning cast this past Monday night, you heard Peyton Manning and Tom Brady get into an intriguing discussion about the importance of the middle eight minutes of a football game, the last four in the first half, first four in the second half. Why do coaches and players value this time in the game, with some even arguing that it carries more weight than the last two minutes in regulation? Well, there's a a
1: couple of things. One, possession of the ball is crucial for the team that defers. You're thinking you can squeeze that last score in or at least get a possession in before halftime. And then, of course, coming out, get the ball at halftime and add to it. So best case scenario, you score a touchdown at the end of the first half with double zeros on the clock and then get it out and go for another uh, touchdown right out of halftime. It's possession of the ball and the fact that the other team, you if you work the clock right and it goes your way and execute properly, you get two possessions with a chance to score twice before your team has a chance the other team, your opponent, has a chance to retaliate.
0: Yeah, we saw deferring winning the coin toss kind of come into vogue about eh, I'd say it's about seven, eight years ago now. And it's because the numbers and the analytics show if you defer the opening kickoff, you are more likely to have the last possession of the half, and obviously having deferred, you would get the first in the third quarter as well. So if you can really make some hay on those back- to-back possessions, you're talking about a 14 point swing in the ball game at the very you know I mean assuming you're not going for two point conversions, but if you put two possession those two possessions in the end zone, you can swing the balance of the football game. It's a 14 point swing, which is which is a huge number in a league where 75% of the games are decided by seven points or less. So, yes, it is a dramatic swing in the game, and we're going to be talking to Peter Engler from the33team.com, who is the director of scouting and analytics for them, about that along with this new passing metric that he has for quarterbacks to uh, more accurately measure how quarterbacks are winning helping teams win football games. So we'll get into that discussion a little bit later. But I did some number crunching, Steve, on this. And by no means is this precise, because I could only get my hands on teams that have the largest scoring differential in the second quarter this season. Okay? I'm going to give you the list top to bottom. Number one, Cleveland at plus 37. Arizona, plus 36. Tampa Bay, plus 33. Buffalo, plus 29. Green Bay plus 26, Baltimore plus 24, New Orleans plus 21, and then the Rams and Chargers are both plus 18. So of all things. of those teams are the best in the league at point differential in the second quarter. Every one of those teams, Steve, currently in a playoff position right now. Right. All 10 of them. <laughs> I mean, that's <laughs> right. the worst two teams in second quarter scoring differential. Detroit, minus 46. They are winless. And Miami, minus minus. 55, and they are 1-6. In the third quarter, top teams in scoring differential, Las Vegas, Indy, Cincy, Kansas City, Arizona, Dallas, Green Bay, Buffalo, yeah. KC, and Indy, the only non-playoff teams of those eight squads. Top three teams for combined second- and third-quarter point differential, because we're talking about those middle eight minutes, Right. Arizona plus 71, Las Vegas plus 57, Buffalo, Indy, Green Bay, all plus 53. Arizona is first in the NFC. Las Vegas is second in the AFC. And then Buffalo and Green Bay, fourth in the AFC, third in the NFC. Indianapolis, the only team not in a playoff position right now. Those teams are a combined 25-9. and nine. And four of the five lead their division right now. How much more difficult does it make it for an opponent When if you get that last possession before
1: the first half, first in the second half, you put 14 on the board. That's hard to come back from. Yeah, it's hard to overcome that. Plus, I'll say this. That's one of the things that has been tangibly different about the Buffalo Bills under Sean McDermott than it's ever been in the history of the franchise in my my time here. Mm -hmm. Um, Their ability to get the ball, not just do something with it, but obviously with Josh playing as well as he is and having the weapons they are, they're good offensively, so you know they're going to move the football, but their ability to get the football and use the clock to their advantage at the end of, first, of the first half has been something that has really set them apart in their games. Every, they are brutally good, at yeah. even if there's less than a minute to go. When they get the ball back, they do something with it. They're yeah. very aggressive. They use the clock. Yeah, they and they never sit on it. it. They never sit on it. And that's something that was, I think, early in McDermott's career as a defensive coordinator coming yep. over and starting head coach. They were a little concerned. Then they got into the analytics. They said, wait a minute, wait a minute. And they started to go for it at the end of the first half. And right. then, of course, getting the ball coming out of halftime when you win the toss, it's, you know, you turn your offense loose with a new offensive game plan that you've, you've adjusted over halftime. It has really become a hallmark of the Bills and the way they do business. There's no question that it is a big difference maker for this football team and, and curren- others.
0: And currently, the Bills are on a streak right now in which they have led games at halftime for 15 straight games. Stretching record. back to last season is an NFL record. We'll see if it continues this week against the, Gol- the Dolphins. Okay, good discussion there. Time now for the numbers game, Steve. And we know that going for it on fourth down has become the in vogue thing to do this season as teams are keeping their offensive units on the field to try to keep drives going. Your challenge this week in the numbers game is to name me some of the most successful teams on fourth downs this season. Okay, so first question, fire up the music. Who is the team that has gone for it the most on fourth down this season? And I will give you a hint. The bonus for you is you have two chances to be right because two teams are tied atop the league for the most fourth down go
2: for situation.
1: Usually I've got a, I've got an idea about what kind of team I'm looking for. Yep. And I don't on this most one. fourth down attempts this season, you know, through week seven. I would say I would like to say it's like a team I'm not I'm not guessing yet. Like Detroit, who has, like, what do they got to lose, right? Yep. Let's go for it. Or a team that, like, uh, an Indianapolis team who is down a little big and then said, listen, we got to start going for it. And they, you know, they start going for it all the time. All right. So because there are two teams that
0: are atop the league in most fourth down attempts, I will give you two guesses because I'm a nice guy. But I would say this I would say Kansas City because they okay. are Kansas a team City that is has. one guess. What is your other guess? I will say Detroit. Okay, you are you got one of them. Detroit is one of them. Sixteen attempts. The other team is Cleveland. Mm. Sixteen attempts on fourth down. Be, I was almost gonna
1: say Baltimore because they're both running teams. Yeah. Cleveland's got a really good rushing.
0: But attack. I thought your logic with Detroit was very sound because they they got nothing to lose. Just right. Keep I mean, Just look at what they did last week exactly.
1: <laughs> against the Rams. Just go surprise onside to start the game or yeah. in their first kickoff. Yeah. Okay. Totally
0: so second question. Which NFL team has the highest fourth down conversion rate in the league heading into week eight? Highest conversion conversion
1: rate. Not necessarily going for it a lot, but getting it when they do.
0: Yep, you're on the right track again, I'll say
1: Lamar, the Baltimore Ravens, and I will get a couple of guesses. I'll give you a couple. All right, I'll say the Baltimore Ravens, and I'll say a team that's really good at getting it. know if I want to go Cleveland because it's just too many to think they're going to do it that it's a much. lot of attempts yeah um, the rams okay those neither of those answers are
0: correct it's Arizona but rams. they've only gone for it 5 times they're 5 for 5 so they're perfect they're 100% a lot of first, they're getting a lot of first downs yeah. on second and third yeah i don't even think they're getting a lot facing a lot of third downs they're right. moving the ball so well okay next one where do you think the bills rank in fourth down conversion rate thus far this
1: season, all right. I, I'm not uh, 32 teams that you can rank. I'm not gonna. Don't ask me to get it right. I'll give you a range. Okay. They gotta be between 10 and 15 in the NFL. Unfortunately, they are not. They are tied for 25th. Wow. They
0: are three for eight on fourth down this year. 37.5 percent conversion. So you know, low attempt number, and not a lot of success. Uh, you know, including the end of the Titans yeah. game. Yeah. But,
1: but and the. The thing is, too, we've said this on our show, and and this has become known. They've got more red zone attempts than any team in the in the league. Possessions, right? Yeah. Red zone possessions. They move the ball a lot. Move oh. it extremely well. Yeah. So that's one reason they don't have a lot of attempts on. Board.
0: Okay. And then, how many NFL teams do you believe have a fourth down conversion rate of sixty percent or higher? Sixty percent. Sixty percent or higher. How many NFL teams? are at 60% or higher I'll on say, fourth down conversion so far this year. I think it's a small number. I'm going to say five. It is double that. Ten really? have a conversion rate of 60% or higher. 60%? Okay, I'll give lot. you the rundown. 60% Tennessee, Minnesota, Indy. 63% and change, Carolina and Jacksonville. 66% the Chargers. 70% Cincinnati. New England, 77% Denver, and the aforementioned Arizona Cardinals at 100%, 5-for-5. Last one, how many teams do not yet have a successful fourth down conversion? They don't have a single one through week seven this year. I'd say... Ofer.
1: A single... Fourth down. They conversion. don't have a conversion. And they've had a, they've y- gone for it. Okay. Haven't got one this I'll year. I'll say uh, Jets, How many teams? Just
0: give me a number. I don't need a team. Jets Jackson. I say three. You're close. It's two. Pittsburgh is 0 for five. Really? And Seattle is 0 for two. Seattle. Well, Captain Punt. Pete yeah, Carroll. I Pete Punt Carroll is kind of All his right. nickname because right. they're always punting. Even now, they're still Even punting a NFL. lot more. Than the rest of the league. Not bad, Steve. You did all right there in the numbers game. I stunk. That, that wasn't that bad. And we tried to switch it up. Instead of giving you a chart to try to guess all the names, we tried to give you a series Dude. of different questions. Yeah, so to to
1: say to... it like say it like my grandma does. You did good, honey. <laughs> I, <didn't laughs> I did do good. Do that. I you want me to rub I, your head I too? Stunk. Good job, guy. Yeah, you, you really, <laughs> really tried hard. All right, we want to
0: remind our daily fantasy players. FanDuel has an offer you don't want to miss. Right now, new customers can get a 20% deposit bonus, up to $500 on your first deposit. Just sign up by going to fanduel.com bills. Fanduel, the official partner of the Buffalo Bills. We move along now to our guest of the week, who has come up with a new metric that puts an emphasis on how much a quarterback helps his team win games. Traditional passer rating and QBR measure more of a quarterback's individual play, but Peter Engler, director of scouting and analytics from the 33rd team.com has what he calls the Comprehensive Passing Metric, or CPM. And you'll be happy to know Josh Allen fares quite well in this new analytics. So let's check in now with Peter. All right, Peter, so first and foremost, Comprehensive Passing Metric. What was the inspiration to develop this?
2: Yeah, really what we wanted to do was build another quarterback metric that really takes an impact how much the the quarterback is helping the team win. Um, so a lot of quarterback metrics in the past, I'm thinking of passer rating. Um, I'm thinking of even rushing stats. Really, don't take in the full picture. I think ESPN's QBR does really well, but we really wanted to take our own spin at it um, and try and see how much is the quarterback putting his team in a position to win? Because at the end of the day, that's what matters. Super Bowls are how you define legacies.
1: Yeah, and this is uh, these analytics, and the the holy grail is somebody to find an analytic that can be predictive instead of just give you an idea of who's played well in the past does this take a stab at which quarterback you know you can predict is going to continue to play well that kind of thing obviously there's a a million variables that everybody's trying to take into account for but i mean that's am i right peter i mean this is really a stab at you're trying to get predictive with these analytics and, and so far you you can kind of like only go so far
2: yeah, you're absolutely right predictive is the holy grail and we are starting to take steps towards that. I, I think this is a really good start. I don't think by any means this is an end product. Uh, analytics are never going to pass scouting um, just for all the context and things like that. Um, but especially as we can start to bring in GPS tracking data um, and some of these more advanced analytics. I think we can get closer um, and really help our scouts out to make better decisions.
0: So, Peter, I know that you guys put together game CPM and you also put together season CPM. And some of the elements that go into those metrics are different. So can you just explain why some of the elements for game CPM are not exactly the same as season CPM?
2: Yeah, absolutely. We did decide to go with two different models, Um, really because over an individual game, there's a lot of different ways to win. Um, You can win with a standout defense. You can win with a high passing attack. um, You can win some of those drag it out games over a season. It it doesn't really work as well to win games in a bunch of different ways. You have to have something you're really good at if you're going to be a consistent team. Um, And so over a season, we narrowed down what specifically you need um, to be able to win a lot of games because just not as many things are as important. You have to be really good at something to really be able to put up those top seasons. Um, And so things like um, garbage time, things like air yards per attempt um, may not necessarily be as important because you have those things you're really good at over a full season.
1: One of the other things as well is when you when you get into the, the looking at quarterback play, some of it comes down to some subjective decisions you have to make about how good a guy played on a certain play, no matter the result. If he did what he was supposed to do and, and his receiver dropped it or if his offensive lineman whiffed on a block, there's so many things that happen on this. How do you know, um, this, this uh, comprehensive passing metric, how close does it happen and how much you know, opinion-based evaluation is there in this? Like you said, scouting is still the be-all, end-all kind of at this point in history. But you know, how close does this, this passing metric you know come to being subje- uh, objective rather than subjective?
2: it's fully objective. Um, we don't do any, we do watch tape, but we don't input it into this metric. Um, we are specifically looking at, for example, is it a completion? How many air yards did the quarterback get on that throw? Um, we try to isolate the quarterback as much as possible and really factor in his contributions. Um, so when we're talking about air yards, for example, we're not looking at yards after the catch. Um, some quarterbacks are really good at being accurate and really throwing their receivers into windows where they can gain those yards. Um, but we haven't found a way to really distinguish those quarterbacks yet. So we're only looking at what they're picking up through the air. Um, and then for things like touchdowns or points in the second quarter, um, we're looking at what is the quarterback contributing. We're trying to take out as many of the other factors as possible um, and keep it as objective as possible. I think that was really a goal for us.
0: All right, so let's get to what Bills fans are really concerned about. Where the heck does Josh Allen stand <laughs> in all of this? I know that you did a a like 10-year window season CPM comprehensive list of who had the best seasons with this new CPM metric and Josh's 2020 season ranked pretty high right
2: he was fourth all-time right behind 2007 Brady and so I think especially being compared to Rodgers last year uh, being compared to Mahomes in 2019 really didn't do him any benefits but he was out here slinging it he was really doing quite fantastic
1: and what does that say about you know this season as they as they roll along i know it's kind of you're going to have to go week to week now because we're in an incomplete season how has this season stacked up so far
2: i think allen has definitely been at least one of the more underrated passers this year we've seen heard a lot of good things about guys like kyler murray and matt stafford and they've done really well um, but just on average josh allen's still been at the top of the league he's improved his completion percentage over expected from last year um, he's throwing more air yards, and even though he may have an extra receiver or two to play around with, he's not really getting much help out in the run game. And so, by average, he's been the top quarterback in the league so far. I,
0: I also found it interesting, Peter, that in your write-up on the33rdteam.com, uh, where you do your work, is the comment there that the second quarter and what happens in it can have the largest impact on whether a team wins or not. We were just talking about it earlier in our podcast here, the middle eight minutes of a football game and, you know, why teams defer so they have the possession at the end of the first half or more likely to first position, first possession of the second half. Uh, The bills do pretty well there. At least they are doing pretty well right now in terms of second quarter point differential, things like that. But maybe just for our listeners why the second quarter you guys have found is even more important than, you know, the fourth quarter at the end of the game when people think that's when games are decided.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I think, especially when we were working this model through a lot of the coaches that we have on staff and the GMs we have on staff, the 33rd I think one of the guys who really stood up and said, Hey, you should look at the second quarter um, was Joe banner. Who's obviously has been a longtime GM and advisor for the Eagles and said hey go ahead look at how the second quarter compares and so we ran that study as well if you score more points in the second quarter over over about the past 20 years you win 71 to 72 percent of your games um each of the other quarters is significantly lower than that you're looking at like 61 to 64 percent um just about for all of them and so we said hey the second quarter clearly good teams are playing well in the second quarter and so how can we recognize this um how can we respect quarterbacks that really put up their best effort um, over that time period
1: and one of the interesting things that the all-time list that you put together to see how these quarterbacks did Josh Allen it's interesting he has the greatest season in the same year that Aaron Rodgers tops the class all time and so both of those guys were you know hit a hit home runs uh, in 2020 Aaron Rodgers at the top of the list you know his CPM is 9.58 Josh Allen was 8.45, and then, of course, Pat Mahomes in 2018, Tom Brady in 2007. We all remember that season. Interesting stuff. Is there a guy this year that is hitting a home run? Is there anybody in the league who is has separated themselves from the pack, or is there a group of guys at the top?
2: I think there's really a group of guys. Um, some of the guys I mentioned earlier, you're talking about Matt Stafford, you're talking about Josh Allen, um, you're talking about Kyler Murray, or some of those guys who are really up there. Um, I think Patrick Mahomes is another really interesting case study. Um, If you're looking just at peaks, so best games this year, uh, Mahomes and Josh Allen, along with actually Jameis Winston in week one, are sort of far and above um, in terms of peak. Um, Some of the other guys have been a little bit more consistent, um, so not dropping off as much So Stafford's been good in pretty much every game. Kyler Murray's been good in just about every game he's played. Um, But I think you are starting to see at least that group sort of distinguish themselves And as we go on through the year, you'll see guys start to drop off, and we'll really see, I think, what's going to be a pretty good MVP race.
0: Last one from me, Peter. Um, You know, I know the the CPM metric is only in its earliest stages here, but what have you taken away from a limited sample of data? I mean, I know as far as season CPM, you've got 10 years of data that you've plugged in, but what are the biggest takeaways – from this metric after predicting or after using its or assessing its predictive ability? And will you have updated week by week listings of CPM on the 33rd team?
2: Yeah, we're absolutely going to move to updated listings. Um, So we just had an article come out last night, um, which does have all the week seven results as well. Um, And so when we were building the model, we we will absolutely come out with updates, especially I believe we're shooting the next update for the end of the season. Um, But when we were building the model, we were looking at 2006 to 2020. So that was the data um, that we sort of trained the model on. And so 2021 has been sort of the free range. Um, So we wanted to see how is this going to come out and perform? Um, And just over the first seven weeks, um, the exact numbers, 85% of games were won by the quarterback who had the better CPM. And so there's two quarterbacks in the league so far who have outperformed their counterpart in every single game, and that's Kyler Murray and Josh Allen. That's cool. And so I, I think it really Bills speaks here. Yeah, <laughs>
1: it's really cool. I think yeah, it really cool.
2: speaks to sort of some of the good initial steps we've taken, and I'm really excited to see where where it will go and where it will grow. Yeah, definitely, definitely a like cool idea. We'll be
1: idea. watching the 33rd team .com. to find out more CPM and yeah. Josh Allen. It's going to be a lot of fun. Thanks, Pete.
0: Thank
2: you, guys. Happy birthday to the organization.
0: Okay, Steve, our good friends at FanDuel have a brand new pick'em style game that is free to play on their app. It's called High Low, and you can play along and make your picks for a chance to win a million dollars at (laughs) FanDuel.com slash High Low. Steve and I are going to pick our teams for High Low here for Week 8, which will have us make picks for High Low on total points, passing yards, rushing yards, and sacks. So this week, Steve, you've got the highs I've got the lows,
1: so let's begin with total points. What do we got? All right, my highest points pick this week, it's the same team that put up a ton of points last week against the Ravens, the Cincinnati Bengals facing the, can I just say, hapless Jets you defense can. this week. That's fine. They're ranked 25th against the past, 29th in points allowed. They just gave up 54 to the Patriots. <laughs> I think I think uh, Joe Burrow may ring the bell this weekend. Oh. So I'm taking the, the Cincinnati Bengals as my high point. Quite a few bells, I think.
0: All right, so good pick. For lowest points, I'm going with the Washington football team. They haven't scored more than 13 points in each of the last two weeks, and they're facing a Broncos defense on the road that is still a top-five scoring defense with
1: Vic Fangio. So right. I, I got Washington as a low scorer this week. All right, my next has, high passing yards. High, the, thing, the team that I think is going to be tops this week in the NFL – the L.A. Rams, Stafford, and that crew is starting to get the cohesion that they wanted to get when they brought him over. Mm-hmm. They're riding high. They've doing, been doing it all season, and this week they play Houston. <laughs> <laughs> that's kind of that's an easy one. That is you, t- a layup. you took the layup there. That is a layup. Yeah, that's right. a slam dunk, not just a layup.
0: Low team for passing yards this week. I'm going with the Saints. I know Jameis Winston completed ten passes to Alvin Kamara on Monday night, but this is the 31st ranked passing team in football. He's having trouble hitting receivers, and they're going up against a Bucks defense that's had their numbers. So Saints for me for low on passing
1: yards. All right, now we move along. Rushing yards. My high team for the week in rushing yards, week eight, Dallas. Prescott's racking up passing yards. I get it. He's coming in with a little bit of a calf. The Cowboys are the number two rushing team in the in the in the league. I expect their success on the ground to continue. Minnesota. Uh, is not going to be able to stop the Cowboys. I think that's going to be part of the Dallas Cowboys plan against the Vikings, and they've struggled in that area.
0: All right, low for rushing yards. I hate to pick on the Texans, but they have the lowest average yards per carry in the league. They just traded Mark Ingram. I realize the number could go up if Tyrod Taylor can play this week, uh, but if he does, he's coming back from a bad hamstring injury, so I'm not really sure he's going to be running around a whole lot. So they're playing against the Rams, as
1: Steve already mentioned, so low for me for rushing yards. All right, for now, wrap up the high for the week in sacks. I'm going to go with the San Francisco 49ers because they're facing the Bears. (laughs) Justin Fields may not finish this game. He's been sacked 22 times in five starts. I don't see that changing. San Francisco, with that pass rush, with their ears back, trying to get back into the race, yeah, it's going to get ugly. Yeah,
0: so for me, fewest sacks, I'm going to go with the Dolphins who are playing the Bills this week. Miami does not have an intimidating pass rush, as we know. They're ranked 30th in sack percentage. They have trouble facing Josh Allen, who's been their daddy. So Miami for (laughs) fewest sacks this week. All right, those are our high-low picks for the week. What are yours? Give it a shot on their FanDuel app, and you could win a million dollars. Free to play in all 50 states on the FanDuel app. And that'll do it. For this edition of Bills by the Numbers, be sure to subscribe on whatever podcast platform you use so you know when our next episode is available for selection. And remember, when you need to know about the bills, you need to check out Bills by the Numbers. For Steve Tasker, I'm Chris Brown. We'll see you next week, everybody.